What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. Before we jump into the podcast today, I wanted to let you know about my band, Run With It. We got a brand new track dropping February 21st. February 21st, it's a collaboration with the Royal Chief, an incredible rapper uh, that worked on this tune with us. So make sure you go follow us anywhere at run with the band at run with the band and then keep an eye out for it and then we got a bunch of stuff out already and all the links are there again at at run with the band to check out what we already have out in the world but again february 21st we're very excited collaboration with the royal chief coming out uh in the meantime check out this clip this is our most recent release called at least you tried If you like what you heard, one more time, go to at Run With The Band, anywhere you follow people at, click the links, check out the full song. And now for today's podcast, our podcast guest today is Desmond Mason. Energetic, intense, yet sensitive and inquisitive. All of these words and more describe the style and work of Kansas City producer, musician, and composer Desmond Mason. Raised both personally and musically in Kansas City, Missouri, his musical roots are in and have evolved from hip-hop, R&B, gospel, and jazz. Largely self-taught, he received formal education from Scott Anthony and Bobby Watson, both from the University of Missouri, Kansas City's Conservatory of Music. Becoming more widely heard, Desmond's itinerary is rapidly growing as the exposure to his work and compositions increases. He was one of Casio's representatives for the World Make Music Day 2021 and is a multiple-time international beat battle music production showcase champion, making him one of the best beat makers in the world, like literally. (laughs) His writing has also made it onto the hit Fox TV show Star, Jägermeister campaigns, and CBS Sports Radio, and no doubt we're going to be hearing it on more and more things. In this episode today, Desmond recounts his transformative journey of shedding 100 pounds and its ripple effect on every aspect of his life. He delves into a poignant childhood experience where his mother, facing challenges, sold his violin to support her struggles with addiction, temporarily derailing his musical aspirations. However, he goes on and shares the narrative, and as it turns positive, when another influential adult later steps in, reigniting Desmond's passion and determination for music. Tune in as we also explore the intricacies of the licensing industry and dive into a myriad of other engaging topics. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. One of my personal best music productions of all time was actually made when I uh, took my laptop, my MIDI controller, and my vinyl player out to the library. Nice. Yeah, and just bought like a $5 pack of vinyls from the vinyl store. 
Really? And I, and I found this sample and it became an R&B record. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, so I understand what you mean, man. You just want to bring home to where, you know, you're going, you know, I, I like the library. I like the, uh, Westport coffee house used to be mm -hmm. a spot for me as well. Just to just sit down have a cup of tea and just, you know, uh, create a way. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely understand. So. I, uh, the old, you remember the old record bar? Uh, over by first yeah. watch right and oh yeah so i remember going there that was like one of my getaway spots to like do writing and do those kind of things and uh but one day all i had was my 27 inch imac i forgot to bring my laptop uh, and i had wow. it because i had like a carry case in it um and we would use that for anything like that we needed because it was more stable at the time just the way technology yeah. was i literally hauled that bastard into record bar and i, I set it up <laughs> during during like lunch and i stayed there till the first show started so all like the whole so place dope. starts filling up and i'm that idiot with like a 27 inch i, 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 I wouldn't call you an idiot you, you just stand out man <laughs> that, <laughs> that that's oh, oh, um the thing that i get the most when i'm outside with my mini controller is oh you're a music producer huh you make beats huh Oh, how can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're asking for free beats. Is that where the conversation goes? <laughs> like, hey man, maybe I could get one. Maybe I could get one of those beats, man. Well, for fortunately, is is not that. That's good. Uh, uh, I've I've fortunately like made more connections that way. However, hmm. so hey, that works out. To paid opportunities, so. Well, dude, I definitely want to dive into I'm I'm really curious about the production side. And it sounds like you're getting into the you've been doing the licensing side, all of that. I mm -hmm. definitely want to jump into that. That's that's a road that the band's on currently and I'm on personally, like getting into that world. Uh okay. we're very, very I'm I'm like a preschooler in that world right now. So we're just mm -hmm. starting to learn how to like use our crowns, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so I'm curious about it. But one thing that I know uh following you online. Uh, is this health journey you've been on? I wanted to talk about that a little bit, mainly because, like, for me, that's a huge part of my life too. Um, I so, my background is in endurance racing and doing all that kind of stuff. Oh, um, but I've loved watching what you've been doing just from afar online. Of like, it seems like not just a physical transformation, but it's been like this internal journey for you. So I'm curious, uh, where did that start for you? This this physical journey of getting healthy and challenging yourself physically, mentally man it, it it started for me uh honestly right after my divorce okay <laughs> uh I, I was married for 10 years and uh the last three years of that relationship was you know it wasn't hell but but it definitely you know brought out some emotions in me that you know i never felt before and i'm like you know i've been doing the same thing over and over again and I think I've been doing good, but something's not adding up. Mm. And then I had a couple of situations after that that further let me know that things in this life is not adding up for right. some sort of reason. And, you know, uh, I had a young daughter. Well, I have a young daughter still. She's five now, but, you know, she was a baby back then. And, and I said, you know, I can't keep living like this, you know, mm. so... So I, I think the first motivation was pretty much living for my daughter. I wanted to be the best vessel that I could possibly be to be a good father to my kid. I I, I want to be 
50 to 60 years old and I still want to be able to run around with her and any potential kids that she might have in the future. I want to right. be able to do the functional things with her and not have to walk in on a walker or Lord forbid, God forbid, um, die on her early. So right. that was the very first motivation. So something had to change. Like I, I didn't like the way that my life was going and something had to change. And that first thing was my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second, yeah, I wanted to be the best vessel for my purpose. And I believe that my purpose is music and music, especially being a pianist and organist is a very physically demanding job. And I, it, it, it may, it may not happen on all the things. <laughs> it, it, it may not seem like it, but for the yeah. things that I want to do, I want to eventually become some sort of touring musician. Nice. And and just through my theater work last year, you know, just just playing from days on end, like I'd rather be at my healthiest so I can endure all of that rather than, you know, have just physical ailments because I'm carrying too much weight and those right. physical ailments affect my plane or it might take me out <laughs> of a date or two. And and <laughs> and, you know, so so those were the the first two things and then as i was getting into the health journey and seeing results you know there's a third thing that might not be family friendly (laughs) to share (laughs) but you know what i mean yeah that motivates me as well damn i look good yeah i like this i like this and then you notice other people think you look good you're like i like that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that and 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 yeah and other things you know, I don't know how family friendly this podcast uh, you can, is. It's you could say or whatever you want. So feel free. Well, well, well OK. Uh, all right. I mean, you know, the the sex life and sex drive is. Yeah. Through the roof. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? And it is wild, though, like you're when you change your body and get healthy, even down to like the foods you put in your body can affect everything you're thinking all the way down to, like you said, sex drive or performance. All those. Yes, things. sir. It's so yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they say you know how your hormones are, is how you think. Yep. Uh, and, and and I think as I was getting deeper into the health journey, and you know even um, doing what I'm doing now, uh, you know the hormone levels I, I could just feel has changed. You know, I got more right. hair on my chest, I got more muscle on my body, and uh, I think differently about a whole. A whole lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, especially um, even even going back to, you know, whose fault it was, you know, that my marriage failed. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 you know, um, yeah, I, I just think so differently about a lot of things in this world. And um, I'm just happy for it. <laughs> and it's just led to a whole bunch of whole lot more success so what would you say is one of the biggest things uh when you said thinking differently what's one of the biggest things that changed from your perspective it all starts with me Mm. i I cannot blame anyone else for you know uh the the good or the bad in my life um you know i i had a discussion with my former brother-in-law you know about what happened in my marriage. And I said, you know what? I, I blame it on me because, you know, I'm the one that let myself go. It, you know, I let myself go. So what was I 
who am I to expect a certain level of respect from mm-hmm. the woman that I'm supposed to be leading, but I'm not leading at all because I'm not leading by example. Right. Or, or just being man enough to make the tough decisions, irrespective if people are going to like me or not. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, a critical it, it, one, man, in marriage. That's the, that's the tough one, right? It's just wild. Yeah. Uh, or, or even putting your purpose first. You know, like these days, um, e- even if my girlfriend misses me, you know, I'll be like, I need to hit the gym. <laughs> yep. and, and, and there's no there's no compromise as far as the gym for me. You know, if I need to hit the gym, then that means I'm not going to see you. And you just mm-hmm. have to be happy with that. But I'm going to have to keep up my shape so you and other people can still be physically attracted to me at the end of the day. Right. Because if I lose my shape, then I'm going to lose the man that you were attracted to in the first place. And then that's when things go downhill. Right. Um, so um, j- just things like that, just taking personal responsibility for my health, personal responsibility for my decisions, and most of all, personal responsibility for always putting my purpose first. Mm-hmm. Because if I obey my God-given purpose, everything else is going to flow down from there and benefit everyone in my close circle. Yeah. Whether it be Dude, that's my daughter a, first and then That's my a huge paradigm shift, man. I and it's it's amazing too. I I forget who uh had said it, but basically they were like the moment I realized me blaming other people was giving them power over my life. Right. And he's like the moment I could blame myself instead, I realized I like basically he was like I realized I had the power now. And it yeah. sucks at first because you're like, shit, I had the power and now you, you've reaped all these consequences, right? But then you also have the power now to change it instead of waiting somebody exactly. else to change it. And that's yeah. that shift is huge, man. I it, yes. And painful <laughs> at first. It, it's, at it, hey, 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 it, it, it was very painful, man. Um, I, I, I remember late in my marriage, man, I, I was driving back crying from gigs and I've told people this, man, like I was not in a good place and and i just Mm -hmm. know i just i've never been suicidal but i just know just going down the road that i was going i was going to check out early right and 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 other people you know have no noticed that too during that time you know like Mm -hmm. yo you know you you need to make a change i didn't hear them because i was stubborn but you know (laughs) you know how we are sometimes you know when, when people give you advice and all that uh, and, and you'd be like, no, nah, I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm just, I don't need to do all that. You know, I'm, yep. I'm good. And then you come, t- you come to your own re- realization that you probably need to change something. Uh, yeah. that, that was, that was me. And ever since then, and I, and I could just trace that back through all the good and bad situations that I've had, you know, or the, all the unfavorable situations that I've had, you know, it's, it's really been my fault. And, and I, and, you know, for me, it's never too late to change until you die. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's never too late to learn anything. It's never too late to change your life. You know, you just got to take it one day at a time and make the change. Right. You just got to take the step. And then that one, 
and then the compounding effects start. That's that's what I think is so amazing. And people who know me and people probably listen to this podcast regularly, they sometimes they probably get sick of me talking about like health journey stuff too. But it's been such a critical part because I feel like it's there's some days, especially being a musician, and I'm I'm imagining you might be able to relate where it seems like you've done all the things, but there's no movement. There's no change in your music career, but where like, I remember being like so angry in the gym and I'm like throwing weights around (laughs) and, (laughs) and I'm like, nothing's changing. Nothing's getting better. Cause I'm thinking about like where my career was at the moment. And, but I look on my tracking thing that I'm tracking my lifts and I like, I went up five pounds on that lift. And it sounds so fucking silly. So, so great. But there's something where you're like, it's like this, physical reminder one no one can work out for us right no one could go to the gym and lift that weight for me so ben the onus is on me and i did that thing every day and there was this slight incremental change which that five pounds becomes 20 pounds in a year 25 pounds in a year and a half you know and it continues to compound and it was like that reminder i'll never forget that day in the gym i was like all i needed was that little thing like oh if i put in the work and i'm patient it will grow if I'm doing the right steps and it, right. man, yeah, that's why it is. Uh, it's uh, I joke where the, the gym is almost like my church. Like it's like my religion in a way, because <laughs> it's like the sanity I need to get away from, you know, and, and do this thing. It, Even when I'm on the road, like whenever I'm on the road, I'll find a YMCA. Cause we do have a YMCA membership. Yeah. And like, I've been in YMCAs from LA all the way to Pennsylvania <laughs> because it's like, that's the first thing I do when I get in the Airbnb or the hotel is like, all right, where's the YMCA? I'm going to be there at five 30. Okay. We're going <laughs> to no, no, do Don't thing. you just love that? You know, when you get, when you go out of town and the first thing you look for now is the nearest gym. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I took a trip to New Orleans last year and that was one of the first things that I looked for. I Googled and was like, what are the top five gyms here? My man. <laughs> I love it. Cheers to you. I don't know many, many artists who live that way. Um, and I'm meeting more and more now though. I, I love when I'm like at a showcase thing and I'll be in like, there's a showcase where there's a comedian who was performing the night before. And mm-hmm. like, I saw him lift in the gym, you know, it's like five in the morning. We're both like, what's up? You know, that's all we did, but it's kind of like, all right, there's another artist out here hustling. doing yeah. this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I call it the house of the Lord. That's what I call the gym. Nice. That's, that's where I get to do the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> I might start using that. Cause I, I've, I've said things like it's my church or it's my religion. I like that. I'm going to the house of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time because there's there are many other people that couldn't do it. And yeah, that's true. And, and and I've been blessed with the opportunity to go into the gym and do my thing, even if I have a good or bad day. I, I I've had my first bad days in the gym like recently, you know, chest mm-hmm. days and stuff. You know those days where you go into the gym and you're like, yo, I'm about to accomplish this goal. I'm about to lift this much. And then your chest or something be like, nah, you ain't, nah, you do ain't doing shit. <laughs> you ain't doing that. <laughs> But but then I, I learned from them days too. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. like I I'm glad that I've had the opportunity to fail mm-hmm. because because there are many people before me and there are many people after me that won't have that opportunity. And and yeah. that way I'm blessed, you know, whether you know I'm at my best, at my worst, or even injured, you know. That's you know, true, I just man. look at it that way. Yeah, there's I like no joke where I've been really stepping up. Uh, cause one thing I think people don't realize you had mentioned it in what you were saying too, is that being a musician, especially touring musician gigging professionally, like we have a four hour show coming up nonstop downbeat all the way to the end four straight hours. I'm singing, I'm jumping, I'm playing guitar. 
doing all that stuff. And it's like, it's music. If you're performing well, should be an endurance sport. And so it it's is. like my training, I've kind of adapted my training to prepare me for that, you know? Oh, uh, and there's basically, how, how, oh, go how, 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 give me a few, give me a few examples. That's, that's um, so a lot of my like strength training, I've been doing less. Like I noticed when I was doing like the heavy deadlifts and like overhead squats and all the stuff mm -hmm. I really like doing, I just mm -hmm. was injuring myself constantly. My body didn't have what it took to like jump on and off like a platform to rock out with my drummer, those kind of, okay. so I had to go to more like movement based uh, stuff. So like deep lunges. And so if I'm doing legs, I'm typically doing more like deep lunges, all that. Um, and then I actually do my vocal rehearsal. I do on a treadmill. We bought a treadmill and I have it oh, down in my garage. And so it just depending on the day, like yesterday was like an hour. There's been a few days where I did like two or three hours on the treadmill. What combination of walking, running, and then singing because it forces you to have to be in like perfect technique to be able to do it right. You know, which, that as you know, the smart. technique when running and lifting, that's more important than even your power um, at that point. And same thing with singing. So, yeah, that's the journey I've been on to try. And it's been nice. Like even our rehearsal last night, I could just tell a difference. I was like, man, I'm so glad I, I took that time to do that because now when I'm not like running consistently, because you're jumping around, but you also I'll stand for a whole verse in one section of the stage, you know? Right. So it's like my diaphragm and the strength that I have there is like much better now than it was. And, and it's just more fun. That's, <laughs> doing that. that's super dope. Uh, what, what speed do you have the treadmill on when, when you're doing you know, this? I'm just curious. Honestly, I'm honestly, it's between like 20 minute, mile and 28 minute mile i'm doing a lot of walking right now my hope is to get to be able to run but i tried it when i first got the treadmill like i'm gonna fucking do this i started running i was like mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to sing and go um, hey, that's cool and then some some days depending on where i'm at like on tuesdays and thursdays i'll do heavier cardio just in general um yeah. so then i'll do like a song and then i'll go to like 13 mile a uh, 13 minute mile for like a minute or minute and a half and then sing a song walking at 20 minute, you know, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And back. So kind of like do some interval training in between songs um, with fire. it. Yeah. It's pretty, but I actually got that. I stole that idea from Taylor Swift and Usher. They both, they both they do, that. do that. Taylor Swift. Yes. She said she did three hours on the treadmill every single day. Her entire, her entire set for this next tour. She did every single day for six months um getting ready and i heard usher will do the same thing where yes. he will he gets a point where he's like steady running for his entire set because he's doing all the dancing and like going for that because they want to execute at such a high level so of course like like i said i, I got the treadmill I was so pumped and i started trying to do just a yes. steady run i was like i'm not there yet i'm gonna have to <laughs> go man, slow work my man. way up you man, you dedicated, dedicated, uh, incline or no incline? I'm just curious. Uh, it it just depends. Again, it's just depending on. So some days I keep it at uh just a one, like a slight, and then some days throughout the workout I'll go up to like two point five, three, three point five, and back down, um, up and down, uh, like yes, throughout. And that yes. those are things like in in endurance training. I've done like an ultra marathon. I've done half Ironman. I almost did full Ironman, but I got COVID like three oh, weeks out man. from the race, uh, which sucked. Cause I was like on a four hour bike ride and laid on the highway. I was like, something's wrong, you know, oh, <laughs> and found out I had COVID, but all of that is based off of interval training too. So like some days you're going to do a really long, but slow pace run. Right. You'll right. Do, I, are you familiar with like zone two training? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with zone training. Uh, I, I've yeah. did zone training before to make my 5k time faster. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, if, if I wasn't injured last year, I would have ran my first marathon. I've always been like Dude, a distance runner. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah, uh, but but I've heard of zone training. Yeah, so but, it's it's that thing where you do a lot of like where you don't allow your heart rate to get above a certain level or you're staying in that certain range. Right. So some of it's just really slow pace, but it trains your system one way. And then some days you're doing sprints and then super right. slow walk, you know, yeah. all that, all that kind of thing. So I'm adapting that same kind of mindset That's to so cool. the performance space. And, and, and randomly what I'm thinking right now is if Taylor Swift, if great performers like, you know, Taylor Swift and Usher and yourself are doing these, kind of things i wonder what right. michael jackson and prince do oh my god right <laughs> who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's nuts man when you think about it, like someone like because yeah taylor swift and usher are doing some incredible shows but that's like the most iconic um and then it's uh what's his name why am i blanking on his name right now e street band bruce springsteen bruce um, he does like three four hour nonstop shows too He's in his like seventies or something like super that's, that's nuts. Crazy. Um, and we had the opportunity as a band, we opened for Jake Clemens, which is, uh, the E street bands saxophone mm -hmm. player. Yeah. And he does his own solo project. Super cool guy sat and watched our set in the small little club, you know? Um, and he was just trying to like cut his teeth. And this is the thing he told us, uh, well, he told our bass player, they were talking after the show and, uh, he was like, yeah, when, uh, Bruce, I think it's Bruce Springsteen, right? Bruce Springsteen, East, East Street Man. That's right. Mm -hmm. But he was like, when Bruce came up to me backstage, he found out I had a, uh, I had my own project I was going to do. And he just walks up to me and goes, you know what I tell myself every single night I go out on that stage? He's like, what? He goes, you haven't earned it yet. And he said he just walked off. <laughs> and it's hey. like, damn, that dude's out there. It, yeah, that was such an inspiring, like to hear that. And I'm like, yeah, the greats are busting their asses, man. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're at a totally, totally, totally different level. But yeah. it, but it's a level that we all aspire to. And, yeah. and that's what and that's why we do this. Uh the uh these days, you know, I'm I'm getting back into running. I'm I'm running five miles per day at least. That's awesome, man. Uh and I'm still lifting heavy. Uh but you know, one of the things that I've changed about myself while performing is that I stand up while I play now. I used to be yes. people that used to do the piano stool and stuff. No, that that ain't that ain't me anymore. You know, I, I always love stand it. up to play unless I'm playing jazz or something. Right. Uh so uh, what did you notice the differences of because I'm actually I'm I'm a big proponent of people standing in general. You know, like even when I do acoustic shows, I <laughs> I like I just can't do the stool. I can't bring myself to do it. Uh but what are the things you noticed when you started standing and making that choice? The differences in your performance, those kind of things. Uh much more energetic. <laughs> much more energetic and and I honestly I'm maybe tapping more into my uh subconscious in my brain while I'm improvising music. Uh, that's, that, cool. that's the only way that I could describe it. It's, it's just, it's just more fun that way. And I like moving around, you know, I, I like when my body moves. So yeah. 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 There seems to be something about it where like I practicing, excuse me, you know, practicing on my own, we have tracks that we can practice to with the drummer on it mm -hmm. on our own. But man, there's just something when you're live and you can feel like, and like, move with the kick you know and like feel that smack of the drum it's like your whole body starts moving into it and there's this I, it's just 
hard to explain unless you, you know, like it, for the it, listener, it, I'm, I'm sorry if you don't know that feeling, it's go figure, go find a way to do it. Cause it's just, there's something about it. <laughs> play, play, play in front of a big crowd with some tight musicians, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, or, 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 or play in front of an intimate crowd with some dope musicians playing some dope music and, and you'll definitely feel it. You, you'll feel the vibrations and energy. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That's the only way I could really describe it. You know, I played with small groups before. Uh, I've played with big groups before. It's just, you know, all, all the same. It's just the vibrations, man. I, I don't know. I just access a, another place. Yeah, you know? and it, and it just feels good. You know, I I got my new shape. You know, and most times <laughs> I wear my tank top. You're like, <laughs> I, what's up? I, I, t- <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I told I told my girlfriend, you know, my my new style now is a tank top, a chain, a hat, and some sunglasses. I'm cool. And she, there you and go, she's man. like and she's like, you don't have to have your arms out like that. And I said, Yes, I do. It's part of the show. <laughs> is is the gun show. You know, I <laughs> like I, I work the... for these arms. I want to put these arms out. Exactly. Exactly. But um yeah, man, it's just like like you said, it's just something different about the energy and the vibrations mm-hmm. when, when you do it. I've embraced it, and uh, I've been doing it ninety five percent of the time ever since. Unless I'm playing like a big band show, at the right. Louisville where I'm required to sit down as far as part of the, the context of it. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. That totally does. Well, man, that's it's really cool just to hear. It's an inspiring thing. It reminds me of like how important that journey is. Uh, even for my own, it's, it's such an integral part of my life at this point now, but like, there are those days where it's just like, damn, this is so easier if I didn't get up today or <laughs> if I didn't go in. So it's just a great reminder. Cause it really does affect every aspect, you know, like you, like you said, showing up for your daughter and like being there for your girlfriend, being there for the people in your life and then being able to stand and, on a stage and, and play for four hours and have a blast, you know, and right. engage the crowd. It's like, you can trace it all back to that moment. I imagine where you're like, I'm going to make some changes, you know, oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. All, all of it can be uh, traced back, especially at the beginning, because at the beginning I did not want to do it. <laughs> I did not want to do it. <laughs> you know, my mind was there. I was like, I got to do it. But you, but you know how your body is at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you get shin splints, your ankles hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and my trainer, uh, Jaron, uh, Shout out to him, Jaron Davis, Imperfect Fitness, uh, all the way from Baltimore, Maryland. Nice. You know, he he had me running at first. That was it. Weightlifting right. didn't start until about a year or so ago. Just um, getting the calories burning and getting yeah, the heart yeah, just, going just and... bur- yeah, just burning the calories off. Um, uh, the first assignment was like, you know, maybe one and a half miles in 35 minutes. And then it yeah. became two miles in 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, I could run two miles in 24 minutes. And then all of a sudden, at at this current peak before the injury, it was uh, a five k in in twenty eight. You know, nice. you know, approaching high school speeds. You know, um, uh, so yeah, I, I had to start with that, but it definitely wasn't easy at the beginning, man. Just you yeah. know, getting dressed and <laughs> going early in the morning, <laughs> visiting the Planet Fitness five days a week. Right, you're gonna do this five days a week. And then, you know, you better watch your calories, you know, on the on the next two days. Yeah. And, you know, I was even stubborn then, too. You know, Jared would tell you, you know, I, you know, I, I was like, you know, I could I could do all this and lose weight and, and get results. But, you know, I, I can still eat some of what I want. You know, I can still right. drink some juice. 
You know what I mean? And then <laughs> and then I stalled out and then and then Jaron was like, you know, like you're going hard in the gym, but I bet if you change your eating, like you're gonna mm. shave off the weight quick. And then I, I remember that very moment in which he sent me some research about juice and how it was just like calories in a cup. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, that's my problem. I threw all my juice <laughs> out from the refrigerator that night. And it's been it's been curtains ever since. You know, oh, man, don't, yeah. And, and, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and and don't get me wrong, you know, D Dot still eats what he wants to eat from time to time. Right. It's just that, you know, I found a balance. I track everything that, that goes into my body. Uh, and I've been 95% good. And that's why I've been able to keep 100 plus pounds off. Dude, for, 100 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah. For for about, what, just over a year now? Yeah. Nice. I've pretty much been at the same way for over a year now. Now we're trying to take it to another level to try to get me down to 185 or nice. to 198. I'm hoping to get down to 198 because I definitely want to get into powerlifting this year. Okay. And I think I can compete well, you know, novice wise, at least at that weight. So that's uh, awesome, man. But uh, yeah, man, like, like you said, it's, it's always starting and it's always just one foot in front of the other and, yeah. and don't stop. So I, I definitely relate. <laughs> well, as far as the music stuff, where did that start for you? Has that been a lifelong journey or did that come? later in life for you too um uh it's been a life music has been a lifelong journey i've i've been mm. playing music since elementary school i first started on the violin um in third grade nice and uh my grandmother rented me my first violin uh and eventually brought uh bought me one because i got good at it very quick um that's one thing about me if if you give me enough time to study something i could get pretty proficient at it Rather quickly, and that's what happened with violin. Like I was, I was good enough in middle school to make city orchestras and stuff, and I wasn't taking lessons. I was just learning it like on my own at home. Extra tough with a violin, man. The intonation to get that right is a pain in the ass. I I knew enough that I didn't want to go down that road. (laughs) When I first picked it up, I was like, I can't. This isn't my thing. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I was I was playing I was playing low level Vivaldi by sixth grade, and then. And then Ishima happened. It's my life happened. You know, uh, my mother was drug addicted, ended up selling my violin, and oh, I man. ended up being out of music uh, pretty much until senior year in high school. But I always fiddled around with the piano, like all throughout mm. that time. I just never got lessons. And then, um, and then one day while I was a member of Palestine Missionary Baptist Church, uh, this guy uh, named Dr. Nelson Johnson, uh, and, and he's pretty much responsible for my start, real start in professional music. Hmm. Uh, he saw me just fiddling around on the piano, saw how talented I was, and was like, are you interested in lessons? And from there, I took a year and a half of classical lessons at UMKC. And then from there, he got me into jazz camp with Bobby Watson. Uh, got the jazz piano book from him as a gift because I was working hard in there, too. I sucked, but I was working hard, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you knew you know, what you was, wanted. You, you, yeah, you yeah. could hear it in your head, but you couldn't quite execute. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, it, it, it didn't suck all the way, but you know, it wasn't advanced yet. Uh, and, and I got the jazz piano book. I still have it to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. He artographed it and said, just keep studying the science. 
and I've hmm. been studying the science ever since. Um, and uh, I've been a professional musician since November of 2006. You know, that's nice. why I first got paid from the church to do a job. And, you know, I learned jazz and then eventually I learned R&B. See, that's the thing about me. Like, I, I didn't learn all this hip hop or this R&B stuff until very late. Like, right. Uh, I, I mean, like high school, because when my grandma was alive uh, and, and we and me and my brother were raised by her. She didn't let us listen to any other right. station other than gospel or smooth jazz. Like I was <laughs> I was introduced to Grover Washington and and all them cats and Kenny G and all them cats before I was ever introduced to Kanye West <laughs> right. or PD Pablo or or Little Flip or you any hear them, of, you're like, what is this? Or, or Jay-Z. Kanye West, like old Kanye West, and, mm -hmm. and let me be let me be specific here. Old Kanye West, okay. <laughs> so don't judge me. <laughs> old Kanye West changed my life. Old Kanye West is part of my Mount Rushmore music producers and beat makers. I feel you, man. He he changed my life. Uh, and but um, I remember while at jazz camp or a little bit before, or. When I started listening to jazz, uh, which was after high school, uh, no, it wasn't after high school. It was still senior year of high school. Yeah, I started listening to jazz, and I heard this record called "Just Squeeze Me" by Duke Ellington uh, and okay, his big band. And oh, uh, it's it's just such a swinging record. And I yeah. said, I need to play music like this for the rest of my life. And that's what got me into jazz. And the jazz was pretty much the gateway for me to learn mm -hmm. every other type of music other than gospel. Right. Um, when well, I heard, fast... I just heard a producer talking about, I think it's Charlie Puth is like an accomplished jazz pianist. And they were yes. just talking about how it's like you, you can understand music deeply, but then depending on the genre you're in, you may only need to execute a, a certain amount of the things you understand, you know, That's but, true. but the breadth of that understanding does often help you know, as you pour it into different genres, you know? Yes, it, it really does. It really does. But but Puth was definitely right about only having to use a little bit of that, you know, in the other genres. <laughs> right. so I only have to use a little bit of it in like hip hop production and stuff, but it definitely helps. It definitely separates me from all the other music producers right. and even beat battle producers out there. Um, so... Uh, yeah, listen to that record, learn jazz, and then eventually learn R&B, and then eventually learn hip-hop. And then uh, I got this computer program called Cubase from buying a new keyboard uh, mm -hmm. in 2015, uh, July 2015, to be exact, I think. And that's when my music production journey started. I nice. just started. Uh, I, you know, uh, You know about Dominic Sanders, right? I don't. I'm not familiar with Dominic Sanders. Ah, uh, uh, Dom Dominic Sanders is probably is probably, I think the number one music producer like out of KC, okay right now or at least top five. Uh, okay, he, he's That's a bass enough. player. I'm, I'm surprised you don't know about him. He he's yeah. he's a jazz bass player. Okay, he's played with Robert Glasper and and, and all of oh, that. Oh no but, shit. Okay, but 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 I've always right. looked up to him. <laughs> he's great. He he's great. He's he's one of my favorites actually to listen to. Uh, both musically and music production wise, because he's okay. killing. Um, but I always looked up to here. him. I, I always looked up to him, and 
and I'm and I'm all like, you know, if he can make beats and be a type musician, like I can make beats too, right? <laughs> so I just started and and yes, um as with everyone, when you first started something, you're gonna suck or mm -hmm. you're not I wouldn't call it sucking, you just won't be as proficient in it as right. everyone else. So I have my lumps too. And then I um and then this organization called I Standard used to exist. Um COVID uh, unfortunately like kind of took them out um, but they were a beat battle beat production showcase um, platform mm -hmm. uh, and then Dominic Sanders was a part of that platform too and you know he was like you know we should go out for this and 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 I remember I was taking my beats there for the first showcase I ever did the first beat battle that I ever did in my entire life actually and I was like you know what these trap producers you know they only do little musical things, you know. I'm a musician, you know. I'm a composer. I'm about to kill it, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I got fourth place. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but, 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 you know, like uh, unlike others, you know, I, I, I was mad about the loss, but then I looked at the feedback, mm. and then I took that feedback, and I just went to work. You know, mm -hmm. your mixes need to be better. Okay, let me find. Let me buy a book about mixing. I mm. just read through it, got better at mixing. All your drums need work. Okay. How could I get my drums more punchy? The book about mixing, going on YouTube, just just being a researcher at heart. Right. And then I came back from my second beat battle. And I got second place and in my first uh invitation to the year end competition called Beast of the Beats. Um lost in the second round that year. But then, you know, I said, I'm just going to come harder now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and then I ended up winning first place in the Los Angeles showcase. I That's traveled amazing. to Los Angeles as a bit West person. I feel like I remember watching this progression online as you were telling mm -hmm. the story, you know, just as you're posting and during this journey. And I was like, damn, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One in Los Angeles uh, with one of the highest scores of the year. And that's how they seeded the year end tournament. Right. And then I ended up winning the year in tournament. And it was the okay. final I standard beast of beats ever. Uh and I was the only Midwest person to ever win that competition. Nice. Usually people from Represent LA, the Midwest. Like we got real yeah. music out here, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and people from England, France were in that competition too. Wow. And we're we're in the final five. Uh and someone from from Kansas City, Missouri, from the middle of the map. You know, took the crown home, uh, and and ever since then I've been winning beat battles, and ever since then I've been producing for people, and my discography is about three hours long now worth of music. That's so, amazing. You know, I can't I can't really complain. Um, right. But that's pretty much been my musical journey. You know, largely self taught. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call it miraculous, but you know, fate. Uh, decided that you know I would get an opportunity to take lessons, and uh, I've just I, I've just applied what I've learned, and I've just been working on what I needed to improve upon, and right. from that you know I've gotten additional opportunities um, everywhere. You know, theater. I, I I did not expect that I was going to be a music director for a theater show, right? But last year I was. There you are. <laughs> And 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 if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, Miguel, like you know, would would you ever do music theater? I would I would be like, no, nah, I don't think that's for me. 
because I, I'm not that good of a sight reader. I, I'm I'm an average reader of music, you know. I, right. I I can get around, but I'm not a great sight reader. Um, but you know, my work ethic uh, and my personality and the way that I conduct myself have has gotten me with the opportunities, and for that, you know, I've I've been thankful. So, well, man, that's really cool, and 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 it's a powerful story. Uh, thinking about where you said, you know, you fell in love, it sounds like with the violin, put this work in, and then you have someone critical in your life kind of takes that away from you. But then yeah. a few, just a few years later, there's someone else and in your story that, that speaks into you and kind of opens the door back up. And I think that's, yeah. that's just a beautiful piece. And obviously you had your own part of that where you had to, you know, walk through that door and keep making it really walk through the door every single day still to, to make that happen. Let, but it's such a great yeah. reminder to me of like how important like our influences can be to other people, especially younger musicians as we, you know, see them coming up and, and it, it goes from there, you know, in high school to this one person saying, Hey, you know, recognizing it in you. And then, you know, you find yourself in LA and you find yourself doing all these different things. Right. Uh, another piece that I hear in there, which is so vital, and I think musicians sometimes struggle with this, is the fact of receiving feedback. One, putting yourself in a context to get feedback, and then two, taking that feedback and then going to work on it instead of just getting pissed off. Like that's right. huge when you can see that that piece of it. And I feel like, uh, and maybe you know, you're more in the producer world. I, I live kind of in the band world. I'm learning production currently. I'm like, I'm pretty early on in that too, but, but it feels like a lot of producers when they're first starting out can just get stuck like in their own little bedroom or their own studio and not really go out and just think they're fire, but it's really not kind of deal. Do you, do you see right. that a lot? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, well, two things, uh, regarding that, um, one, um, that's part of the reason why I came up with my production name in the first place. You know, they call me D Dr. Professor and people ask me, you know, why, why did you name yourself that, you know, professors in academia are experts, you know, they have put in many years to get their expertise and they are luminaries in the field. But the thing with professors, however, is that they always got to study. They always mm -hmm. got to be ahead of the cutting edge. They always got to, put out new research. So they're always constantly working to get better. So DDOT Professor to me represents a music producer, a musician that, you know, is one of the leaders in the field, but is always constantly working to get better, you know, win or loss. Uh, so uh, with that being said, I've always been a person uh, within my life. I'm, I don't like losing. Don't get me wrong. I hate losing. I, I love winning. Uh, I, I am a, I'm not a big sore loser, but I'm a sore loser. But at the same time, however, I'm going to ask you, you know, why did I lose? Right. Oh, A, B, and C. Okay. Uh, if you got a legitimate argument, which is 99% of the time, mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, oh, okay. These are the things I need to do better. Okay. I got you. I'll be right. back. <laughs> see, see that, see that, that's, that's my, that's my mentality. I, I'm going to take my weaknesses, strengthen them. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to be back even better. That that happened to me even like late last year. I remember uh, I went to the St. Louis beat battle that I've won at at least three times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was taking new beats there and I was like, I'm about to kill it. 
uh, I had this flip of this Drake sample that was hilarious. <laughs> and, and, and 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 you know and you know what happened, Miguel? I went to go press play. My phone wasn't working, oh. and then I had to play that beat through someone else's phone. So first of all, I didn't have a backup. But then second mm-hmm. of all, when it came through the other person's phone, it was muddled. It was not a D dot uh, mix. And I was you're like, so, I swear to God, there's this part right here. You can't hear it in the mix, but yeah, really yeah, I, like, <laughs> yeah, and. And I was so upset because I, I was upset. I was upset. Yeah. I was like, "This is not my fault. This is the sound person's fault." But then again, I looked at myself. I didn't have a backup. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I would have taken my laptop inside, I could have played it off my laptop, and everything would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other person ended up winning on a unanimous decision. So I go on the back. And I said, "It was the mix, was it?" Yes, it was. All right, cool. Now I learned my lesson. I'm gonna be back. Right. Next month, I took my laptop and I made sure to back up my set. (laughs) I made sure to back up my set and send it to the people. And I ended up winning the battle anyways. Plus, plus taking the rematch against the person who beat me because of that problem. So I love that because it's, you know, it's seeing like, okay, you know, I lost. I took a hit here. But again, how can we learn? It's funny. Last night, our rehearsal, we're getting ready to switch to Ableton and to where it'll be queuing all of our stuff plus Mm -hmm. lighting and eventually video, all that kind of stuff. Right. And we were talking about doing redundancy in that system because it's like at this point, once we go that direction, like everything's fucking locked in. And if something goes bad, it's bad. And uh, we started joking where we were like, what what do we say? It's like if you if you have two, you have one. If you have one, you have none. Like we're just this is like we got to go this direction. And almost every time I don't have a backup, I just kick myself because i've i've been in those spots where i'm like son of a bitch i just it, it, usually it's the day where i'm like i'll just leave my ipad at home or i don't really need that today it'll be fine right. and it's like that was the day i needed it those, yeah. those moments though tend to be you know we we got kicked off a stage one time 10 minutes early uh Ooh. it wasn't like it wasn't like they kicked us off from the whole night we did most of the night but then like they just killed our set at the end and uh, in retrospect like we started out really strong and the back end of our set really did kind of suck. But I went up to, I was kind of pissed, but I went up to him. I was like, Hey man, uh, can you let me know why that happened? And he just broke down. He was like, yep, this, 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 and this. And, uh, it ended up, we, we were on the road at that point. We went up to a hotel, got like some bottles of wine and we just mm-hmm. started as a band, like note after note got to change this got to fix that throw this out and it's like within the next like three four months after that we became probably a 10 or 20 times better band because i was like i never want to experience that kind of pain again because that that fucking sucked but honestly we look back on it weirdly in a fond way we're like that was one of the moments we can point to and say oh that taught us more than like the whole previous year by stepping into that failure and getting the feedback you know and i think it's crucial for musicians like don't just get pissed off like like ask and figure out and learn because you could probably grow from it you'll you'll learn much more losses than you will in wins right so you know it's 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 okay to lose sometimes (laughs) You, you won't like it but you'll learn a lot and and one of the authors you know that that i read a lot um you know, uh, and, and this quote really kind of informs my journey, kind of influences my journey. Don't wish it was easier. 
wish you were better. Do not wish it was easier. Wish that you were better. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I, I'm always going to aim for, and I've always been like this, you know, if, if I lose, I'm going to be like, how can I get better? You know? Right. I'm going to be mad about the loss. Don't get me wrong. Emotion is okay. <laughs> right. It's, no, it's, that's true. It's, it's I how was you channel. I, it's it how took you me ch- about 15 minutes to go ask for feedback because I was like, this motherfucker <laughs> kicked us off stage. I'm like, pull my ears out. And luckily it was like, it was a raised stage. And so like the dude's like way back. I'm like, I was so angry. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I feel you. Yeah. But, and that's why yeah, I knew was, I was like, I'm going to tear all my shit down. I'm going to get it loaded up. I'm going to go ask him. This, that. I can't ask him yeah. right now, but I need to know. And he, and he was right. You know, that was the more painful part was he was right. And we, it, we had to grow, but damn, yeah. I'm glad we did. Cause man, it's way more fun now. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. B, B battles are definitely more fun for me, and I've won a lot of them ever uh, since taking just taking the feedback over and taking and over that and hit in again. the beginning of fourth place. But, you're like, uh, you know. And, like, and, how do and, I get there? And, and the funny thing is that you know, before I even won the LA showcase, you know, I went out to LA before that and got fourth place. <laughs> even right, you know, and and um, uh, my stuff was competitive. It just wasn't competitive enough. So. Guess what? Desmond had to go home. I had yeah. to go home and, and work on it. <laughs> That's what, we're getting ready to leave for the studio. Um, we leave Sunday um, to go to Nashville, record our next two singles that are coming oh, out. Nashville. And, uh, and the producer we're working with, he's also an accomplished songwriter. Uh, we've been working with him for years. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I wrote, there's one of the songs that we, 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 we have a bunch that we are choosing from. We're only choosing two out of it. But one of them that we're leaning towards I, I personally felt, I was like, man, this is some of my best like imagery I've put in lyrics, like feeling pretty good. But then my bass player is kind of like, I think this can improve from, you know, this standpoint. And he had some very specific feedback, which I find when people give you that kind of feedback, not just like, oh, it sucks, but like, here's this thing. And here's this thing. It's like, I get to, I need to lean in because they've thought about it. They have some good insight. And then I talked to our producer and he basically expanded on the same thoughts where they're like, oh, this is good. The thing I thought was just great, like my great stuff, I was like, oh, it's still lacking because it doesn't fit the context of the story arc. It doesn't, you know, and like, I'm like, okay, we got to just keep going back to work. And so we'll actually spend the eight hours on the road rewriting that song hey, <laughs> on her, hey, on her hey, way hey. to Nashville. <laughs> hey, but see, see, that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's that sort of thing that's dope. Uh, I, I do that uh, with my, um, hold on. I do that with my uh, beat battle collective too. Uh, I, I'm part nice. of this collective uh, with uh, producer D's Keys and producer uh, Buminati uh, and um, Richard Johnny called Past the Future. Okay. And before I go into a beat battle these days, I'll just put my beats like in the group chat and be like, mm-hmm. have at it. And sometimes, 75% of the time, they'd be like, it's fire. And then 25% of the time, it's like, yeah, this sound cool, but you know, maybe you need to bring the solo in early, or maybe the drums need to knock a little bit right here. Right. Or your mix sucks. <laughs> and, and and then I listen to it again, and I'll be like, dang, all those all three three of those things are true. Better to change <laughs> it up. So yeah, I, I definitely understand. You know, I I I think, you know, what listeners need to take away from the from this conversation is, you know, constructive criticism and feedback is okay. Get, mm-hmm. get that feedback, get that criticism so you can make yourself 
even better than you think you are. So, Absolutely. Yeah, the collaboration seems to be critical. Where I used to always write on my own. We spent the last year just having full writing session, full days, day, night, where it's just five people in a room, lyrics, lyric, work this, work this beat, work so that, cool. you know, change that. And it's more fun and it, it's creating and yielding a better product than just me on my own constantly. I, I do the work on my own as well. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, like a basketball player is going to do his own training on his own, but then that team play is really critical as well. So it's that's kind of how I think of it in a way. But yeah, I, I'm loving the collaborative process. That's cool that you have people that you can reach out to, to saying, Hey, give me some feedback, yeah. you know, yes, I love it. Well, dude, the last two questions, there's so many things I want to get in into, um, but time, well, actually do you have time for three more questions? Sure. Or do you need, okay. I So one of the last three, so one is just the licensing world. Uh, okay. it sounds like you're starting to do some of that. What, what helped you get started in the licensing world and getting your music out there? Um, Google, <laughs> Google, um, YouTube research and, uh, connections pretty much. Uh, nice. they say your net, your network is your net worth. Hmm. And, uh, that's definitely it is, is, is definitely it. Uh, the connections I've made through iStandard, for example, mm -hmm. has gotten me some placements. Um, also through Google, I found out about things like Pond5, uh getty images for example that you can submit to um you know those music libraries you know just just researching right. good music libraries pond five is definitely one of the best out there I've, I've gotten paid a little bit from there interesting um, okay yeah so music libraries uh connections like for example through iStandard, um they had a partnership with tracklib you ever heard of tracklib before no Okay, so, so I'm pretty new still, pretty fresh to do, this. <laughs> do, do you know about the sample clearance process when it comes to like hip hop beats and stuff? You know, you've got I've you've heard people talking about that, but I don't do a lot of sampling, so I never really like lean towards that. But yeah, oh, okay, I, if you okay, want to break for, some of that down though, oh, okay, so so for the layman, you know, there are two sides to the copyright, right? You know, there are the, there's the writer side and there's the master side, right? Uh, in order for uh, producer X to uh, be able to use the beat that samples the master and and the writer like from somewhere else then we need to clear it which mm -hmm. is usually left up to individual negotiations you know okay. they will have to contact the writers and get their fee and then they will have to contact the master owner or the label and get their fee right pay those fees pay them their back-end percentages and then they can clear the record you know does okay. that make sense Yep. Tracklib kind of streamlines all of that. Okay. Uh, they have agreements with labels and rights owners, hmm. uh, pre-established agreements with labels and rights owners to where That's producers cool. can just mine their library and, you know, sample from there. So Tracklib, uh, as a method of promotion, you know, has had like sample flip competitions, sample flip beat battles. Yeah. And uh, not only did I win three of them back in the day, uh, I won three of them, placed second and a couple of others that could have got me major label placements, but that's not here or there. Um, but I also, at the same Beast of the Beast competition that I told you about, you know, uh, the last one, they had a track lib national sample flip live, you know, competition there, and I won sure. that as well. Man. Uh, so as a result of that and that connection, track flip invited me to be a composer on their platform. 
That's uh, awesome. I, I ended up composing a whole orchestral album for the platform. And it's been sampled by other producers ever since. So I get wow. a nice quarterly check, you know, just from my Dude. work uh, for that. So so that's the connection side. Also, um, if you've been following my journey, I used to always, and I need to get back to this actually, I used to always post my beats on yeah. Instagram, right? Um, uh, and, and that's what really led to my placement on the TV show called Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it led to my placement on a TV show called Star, and also led to my placement with Jägermeister. <laughs> but That's fun, awesome. uh, funny thing, um, uh, one of uh, Da Doman is one of the like hottest like music producers out here. You know, he's producing a lot of hip hop records. But he, but you know how big producers do. You know, they have like producers working under them. Right. You know, just for a fee, and. As someone from DA Doman's crew saw me on Instagram, listened to my stuff, and was like, "Yo, you're talented. I want nice. you to work with me." And we made a deal, and that's how I got my placement on Star. That's amazing. I, I did. Man. I I did a bridge for him, and and yeah, I yeah. Um, this other connection from I Standard, but not from I Standard, named Glenn McRae. He used to do uh, music clearance for Netflix. Mm-hmm. He saw my beats and was like. Yo, I think you'd be good for an opportunity with Jägermeister. And I submitted to Jägermeister and I got a placement with their Take Back the Night campaign. That's you huge, know, my, man. My music was played for one of their recipe recipe commercials. Right. So so yeah, looking up music libraries, uh network, and just finally, I guess promoting yourself, just always mm-hmm. being um visual. You know what I mean? Like, like don't don't corner yourself in your bedroom studio and never put your music out i, I guess that's right. i guess that's the thing that i you could really take from it you know it's just research and just like being out there because if i wasn't out there with i standard or tracklib just participating in the competitions i never would have been seen and hmm. i never would have had these sync opportunities that i did have right um, so yeah that's amazing man and the thing that's so fascinating to me about licensing is like it's the ability is like as musicians in a way, it's like we could build a house every day, essentially a property that's like out there living and could potentially continue to make you money year after year as it just exists. Did, you know, ha, and have that's you ever, powerful. Ha, have you ever heard of the uh, Jeopardy composer story? Like, like, can no. you imagine that? Like, like if you get a sync one day and you do a jingle or, or, or the opening song for yep. a famous show. That That's why I think about the Rembrandts ever for uh, the Friends theme song, where I'm like, those Aww. dudes they they didn't have to do another thing in their life. Their kids <laughs> kids aren't gonna have to do another thing in their life. <laughs> Jeopardy existed for 15, 20 years. I don't I don't know the right. specific number, but like That's just for that, duh, 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 just for that song, that dude is getting paid millions of dollars. That's right. the power of sync and that's the power of just having your music out there in the music library uh and 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 all that jazz so yeah no i love it that's cool that you're on that journey that i will definitely check out some of those those sites i we were looking i think it's called disco of like getting our music up on that platform that's good and then starting to basically like as the first step we got all the information together like all the different bounces that we need of our original stuff Uh, I eventually want to do like EDM stuff on my own, but I still have 
like, I feel like I'm a first or second grader when it comes to like production still. So I need to get, I need, I'm in that needing a bunch of feedback, like, Hey, fix this, fix that, you know, all that kind right. of stuff. But man, that's awesome. Well, one, uh, last two questions, uh, from the podcast right now in your life, how would you describe living a great life? Ooh. Or how would, how would you define, how would you define living a great life? Wow. Man, that's a deep question. Right. That's a deep question. <laughs> Uh, li living a great life. S to put it simply, it's just living out your purpose by really putting your purpose first. Um, because I, I don't, I don't want to leave this earth and think to myself, "What if?" Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to think like, "What if?" I want to go falls to the wall for what I truly want. Uh, living a great life is, yeah, living out your purpose and just being sustainable while you do so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wouldn't be a great life to live out my purpose and be homeless. I wouldn't think so, but, but I don't need all the riches in the world either. You know, right. um, my goal has always just been to live out my purpose and be sustainable for my family. And, and and I think that that's what living a great life is to me, just being unapologetically about your purpose in life as long as it, it benefits society at a, as a whole. And I think music benefits the world. So That's awesome, man. Well, and I think the sometimes the cliche of the musician chasing their dream, but they kind of leave everybody else behind leave their family behind all that i i'm meeting so many more musicians that are thinking like you thinking like me i have four boys you know married like to, I, it's like i want to continue to pursue this dream but i want to bring them along with me you know i don't want to right. fall into those cliches of of the you know it's a remember the like late 80s movies it'd be like the jazz music musician dad that doesn't see their kid kind of thing and he ends up you know, having to take care of his kid and try to finally learn how to be a dad kind of thing. It's like, no, I right. don't want that. And there's ways now, you know, as musicians to have that sustainability as you continue to build your career. I love it. Yes, sir. Well, the last question right now in your life, how would you define creating great things? Oh, man. Mm. That's a deep question, too. Creating great things, man. Great, great. I think great things has to be. The first thought that popped in my head is great things have to be acknowledged by the people. Hmm. Um, you know, because what, where, where else are you going to get your barometer or your measuring stick? Right. You know, to 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 tell you if something's great or not. Um. Great, great things has to be great for the people. Now, now the demographic upset people, you know, that, that might change. Uh, that's the variable in all of that. Yeah. Um, my battle beats might be great to the battle crowd, but it might not be so great to the lay listener. Right. You know, the battle crowd might be like, damn, that's creative. But the non-battle crowd might be like, why do you have all this stuff in here. <laughs> why do you have all these sounds in here? Why why all these change ups? You know, can I can I just groove or something? 
right. You know, and 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 <laughs> the same thing with you know regular industry style. Um, the the same thing if you were to compose something for sync, you mm -hmm. know, if you compose something for sync, it might sound cheesy to the regular person, but it might be That's perfect. True. It might be great to the sync supervisors right. that you're trying to sell to. So, so in order to create something mm. great, a great thing, it has to be great to somebody else. Um, and, and I think I'm sticking to that definition. Um, it has to be great to someone else. Uh, and I would just hope that it benefits society rather than subtract them. I, I think that's the best answer that I could come up with to that question. That's a deep question. That's and I I like your answer, and it's an inspiring answer. Is getting my brain turning. And the reason it's getting my brain turning is typically a lot of artists are like, the greatness is like, am I proud of it? Right, which I think there is an element of that. But you bring up in a sense like the reason my brain's turning is because what I hear in you, in what you're saying is that art in a lot of ways is a communal process. It's it not a solo process necessarily. Like maybe you want to paint or maybe there's certain songs are just for you, whatever. But at the end of the day, when you offer it out in the world, it has now become a communal process. And the value right. is, is only in where the people connect with it. That's really interesting thought to me. And, and, and we all make art to show up to someone. Like you can say all you want. I make this for myself. You know, I, I'm only going to keep this to myself, right? You can say that all you want, but art is meant to be viewed or listened to by other people. Right. Uh, whether it be the Wu-Tang album that was only listened to by one person, it was still right. meant for one, the one person that was going to buy it. And they valued it yeah. highly. <laughs> and they valued it very, very highly, right? Um. So, yeah, you can create your, you can create for yourself. Um. There are still times like when I'm doing my beat tapes, I have beat tapes out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at, at those times, I don't think about anyone else. I just think about what I like and I just put them out. But I still put them out, though. I still right. put them out and I still get feedback and I still get great feedback. So I know it's mm -hmm. a great thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely the best answer I could come up with. Yeah, it has to that's be cool. great. Somewhere. Yeah, it definitely gets my, it, my brain turning on it, man. And, and if it isn't great to someone, then it's just good or okay. And that's okay too. Right. That's okay too. Just just don't be delusional about it. Well, look at Drake. <laughs> you know, Drake, I think one reason Drake is great is because he's just put out a volume of music. And like you can just listen to his playlist, or Russ is a great example. It's just mm -hmm. volume after volume after volume. Whereas like right. a lot of it, I'm like, meh. But then some yeah. every once in a while, it's like, Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> this one, you know. And, and, and I like put, what you yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying I like what you talked about too, is the context does matter too. Of you know, for example, our our producer knows our goal is to take our songs as a as a pop rock band and also work on licensing, like trying to ride that gap. And so one of the songs he's like, You should do this one because I think it's gonna be more licensable, just because there's a certain thing that he knows that people are looking for you know and that context matters and there's like i have acoustic shit that i would do in a small room but if we're playing a big club like people will look at me like what are you doing 
right now. Like right. I didn't come to hear some sad shit. Like I came to dance. It's like, now we got to get them dancing, <laughs> get them right. going, exactly. you know? And it does matter. The context matters of who you're connecting with, but well, that's awesome, man. Well, let everyone know if they want to check out your beats, if they want to connect with you, uh, where to go. Uh, this is uh, Desmond Mason here, AKA D dot professor. Uh, your producer's favorite producer, your musician's favorite musician. Uh, and you can find me everywhere at D, D-O-T, Professor, at, everywhere. If you search on Twitter or X, as they call it, I'm there. Facebook, under that name, I'm there. IG, under that name, I'm there. You can Google me right now, and you'll find a whole bunch of things about me. So just type the at sign, D, D-O-T, Professor, all one word. All right. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for making the time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.